You're listening to the voice of dog and today's story is the second and final part of Northern Delights by Ian Madison Keller who wrote the Changing Bodies series published by Fang Fiction and edited Shark Week published by Rainbow Dog Books and you can find more of his stories on madisonkeller.net Last time Raphael the Chihuahua was thwarted in his attempts to warn Wang Wei by a group of bullies that knocked him out and put him in Racer May's pack. They were close to reaching the checkpoint where Raphael will find out if they have gotten there in time to warn Wang Wei. Please enjoy Northern Delights by Ian Madison Keller, Part 2 of 2, read for you by the author himself. Raphael was woken by another dog barking a greeting to May. He uncurled from his ball and popped his nose out of the backpack. The cold, crisp air burned his lungs. The air smelled of wet dogs, wood smoke, and dawn. He shivered and pulled his head back in. He unzipped his coat and pressed the gel pack to his muzzle until he was warmed up, then tucked the pack back against his chest. Where am I in the standings? He overheard May say. Not too bad, an unfamiliar dog replied. You're the eighth dog to check in from your time group. Won't know your overall standing until I radio in your time. You going to press on? The other dog asked May. Not yet. I need a few hours of sleep before I continue, May said, and began taking off the backpack. Raphael ducked back out of sight, suddenly conscious of being seen. He didn't want his presence here to get May in trouble, or to be forcefully sent back to Anchorage before he could save Wang Wei. The backpack hit the ground with a thump, and then he heard May fumbling with the opening. She reached in a paw and grabbed him by the back of his pink coat, pulling him out. Raphael struggled against her grip as the cold air hit him. Don't worry, no one's watching, May whispered to him as she sat him down. Raphael shook himself and then straightened his hat and coat. His boots crunched on the snow as he spun about. They were in an open field covered in an icy layer of snow. The sun was barely peeking over the horizon in the distance, the light glittering and bright on the almost untouched expanse of snow. A trail snaked away into the distance, disappearing into the trees near the horizon. Two snowmobiles were lined up next to the poles of a suspended banner. It read, Welcome, in big red letters. Underneath, in smaller black print, was Squintna Checkpoint. A few dogs congregated next to the far pole holding up the banner. A large, fluffy St. Bernard dog wore a red jacket with a white cross on the back. First aid for the runners. The rest of the crowd were huskies and malamutes. A few wore backpacks, and Raphael judged them to be other runners taking a break at the checkpoint. A white, curly-tailed American Eskimo holding a clipboard was walking away from him and May, heading towards the knot of dogs. The back of her jacket read Volunteer in big yellow letters. I'd talk to Kiska about your chow, May said, bobbing her head towards the retreating American Eskimo. She's one of the race coordinators. If Wang Wei has come through here, she'll know. And if he hasn't, Raphael shivered and tucked his tail between his legs. He'd only been out of May's backpack for a few minutes, and he was already getting cold. Then it means we beat him here. May held out a paw. And then you'll, all you'll have to do is hang out here until he comes through. Tell him your piece, and then hitch a ride back with Kiska. Oh. Raphael dug the toe of his boot into the snow and ducked his head. I'm sorry about last night. I... Raphael took a deep breath. He had begun to like May, and the fact that she was mad at him had left a hard knot of dread in his stomach. I wanted to sound more traveled than I am, in order to impress you. To tell the truth, I've lived in Phoenix my entire life. This is the first time I've ever left Arizona. I'm terrified and cold, but it didn't excuse what I said last night. I'm sorry. Without warning, May dropped down next to him. Her muzzle gaped open, and her tail wagged furiously. I accept your apology. She pressed her nose up against his for a moment, and then stood back up, brushing snow off her pants. You look cold. Hurry and go talk to Kiska, and by the time you get back, I should have my tent set up. Thanks, Raphael said, then took off after the white dog. 
Her long strides meant that she'd reached the gathering of dogs in the distance by the time he was able to catch up to her. She was already in conversation with them when Raphael came up behind her. Excuse me, Kiska? He barked politely to get her attention. Every dog in the huddle turned to stare down at him, and as one their muzzles dropped open in surprise, and one ear each cocked back. One of the huskies burst into riotous laughter, and Raphael belatedly recognized him as the dog that had tricked him back at the starting line. Ingram. Raphael pointedly ignored him and addressed Kiska. I'm looking for this dog. His name is Wang Wei. He's a golden chow. Raphael fumbled with the zipper on his pocket for a moment, the unfamiliar gloves and cold, making his normally dexterous paws clumsy. Finally, he prevailed and held up Wang Wei's photo, doing his best to straighten it out. His trip in May's backpack had left it rumpled and creased. Kiska gaped at him, barely glancing at the picture. What kind of dog are you? Are you a dog? And how did you get all the way out here? Hitched a ride, Raphael responded, and I'm a chihuahua. When everyone stared at him blankly, he continued. From Arizona? Oh my, you're a long way from home, Kiska tutted. Yes, and the faster I find this dog, the sooner I can get back to my nice, warm home. Raphael raised the picture higher, holding it in front of his face. Around them, the group of dogs broke apart, the huskies and malamutes gathering up their backpacks. The medical St. Bernard wandered off to greet two new dogs arriving at the checkpoint. You just missed him. He got here about an hour ago, just before the sun came up. Stuck around long enough to check in, then took off again, Kiska said. Raphael cursed and stuffed Wangway's photo back into his pocket. Thanks. He turned to go. Popular guy, that chow, Kiska mused. What do you mean? Raphael said, his hackle stiffening. He'd known assassins were after Wangway, but his whole plan hinged on beating them to their target and warning him of the danger. You're the second dog this morning to ask after him. Kiska shrugged. Anyway, if you came by air, you're out of luck. No airstrip at the Finger Lake checkpoint. I didn't. Um, can I ask who else asked you about him? Raphael shivered violently. His gel pack was failing, turning to a cooling lump in his coat, and the cold began to creep down through his hat and gloves. It was. Kiska turned and pointed to a group of distant figures jogging along the trail. Even as they watched, they disappeared into the trees beyond the meadow. Oh, they left without saying goodbye. Anyway, one of that group. Raphael growled and stomped his feet in an attempt to warm up. Which one, specifically? They all arrived in a clump, and it was a bit of chaos, let me tell you. Kiska cocked her head, her ears flicking as she thought. One of the huskies, I'm sure of it. Was it Bernie? No. Oh, yes, it was Ingram. Such a nice dog. He wanted to check on Wangwei because it is his first race. Ingram and his pack are seasoned runners, you see. They told me they liked to check up on first-timers. Oh, that's nice of them, Raphael said, but inside he was tensing up. Nothing that May had said about Ingram pointed towards him being a good dog. Yes, it is. Kiska leaned down and cocked her head. I need to go check in these runners, but you should go see the medic and make sure you don't have frostbite. You're not dressed properly for this weather. Raphael shivered harder and nodded. Kiska bobbed her head in satisfaction and bounded off to greet the new dogs, who were now engaged in animated conversation with the medic. Raphael turned and shuffled back to where he'd left May. As promised, a colorful one-dog tent was set up, and May's curly tail was just disappearing through the zippered opening. Raphael followed her inside. Already inside the tent was significantly warmer than outside. Raphael hadn't realized just how much the slight breeze had been chilling him until he was out of it. His shivering subsided some. The tent was small, and May's fluffy husky body took up most of the space. If Raphael had been any bigger, he wouldn't have fit. Being this close to May, he could feel the heat radiating from her, and the scent of her made his tail wag involuntarily. Good news? May asked him as she shook out a body bag-style sleeping bag that had been tied to the bottom of her pack. Raphael shook his head. 
No, bad news and worse. Wang Wei has come and gone already. Mei unzipped the side of her bag in one smooth motion. So I suppose next you're going to ask me to take you with me to the next checkpoint. Raphael shook his head. No, Kiska and the medic both have snowmobiles. I'm sure if I explain to them the need, they'll give me a lift. I just came back to say goodbye and to ask you a question. Oh, May blinked at him, and he would have sworn she looked almost disappointed. But no, he had to be wrong. So, what's your question? May said, wriggling out of her coat. The fur underneath was snow white and looked pleasantly soft. Raphael caught himself wondering what it would be like to cuddle up to that fur. He cut that thought off and pushed it away. If I told you that Ingram was checking up on a first-time runner, to give advice to a less experienced dog, what would you say? I'd say you must have hit your head on something. May flashed him a grin. Ingram is ruthlessly competitive. He'd never willingly do anything to help a new racer. Why? That's what I was afraid of. Raphael grimaced and relayed what had happened. I'm afraid Ingram and his buddies might be the assassins after Wang Wei. May opened her muzzle to argue with him, then shut it again. Her face and ears flicked through a variety of emotions, obviously thinking through Raphael's accusation. Finally, she shook herself as if shaking off water. No, I don't think so. I think he was probably just upset that a first-time racer, and a foreign breed dog at that, beat him to the checkpoint. May sighed and plopped down on her sleeping bag, looking longingly at her pillow for a moment before turning her attention back to Raphael. However, I wouldn't put it past him. Give me a few minutes to pack back up and we'll head out. May, I appreciate the help you've given me so far, but get some sleep. The snowmobiles aren't allowed on the trail the runners use. They have to stay on the roads, May said, cutting him off. You wouldn't be able to meet up with Wang Wei until the Finger Lake checkpoint, at the soonest, and Ingram would catch him long before then. How, if Wang Wei is the faster runner? Fast isn't everything in the Iditarod, May said. It's about endurance. While May packed back up her tent, Raphael went back to talk to Kiska. By the time he was done explaining to her what he needed, May had finished packing her bag. She jogged over to them, her pack slung over one shoulder. I'm ready to go, Raphael told her. While marveling at how fast she'd packed up her backpack and how small of a bundle her tent was once she'd taken it down and rolled it up, May put the bag on the ground and Raphael crawled inside. As they left, Raphael heard Kiska call out to them, May, good luck. What was that about? May huffed out as she jogged away. I took some of your advice, Raphael said, snuggling down into her spare clothes. He stayed there until he was warm again. Then, as much as he could, he kept his head outside the bag to watch the scenery go by. He'd never thought of snow as beautiful before. Pictures he'd seen of snowy landscapes had seemed to him bleak and almost monochromatic. However, as he gazed about, beautiful was the first word that sprung to mind. Snow draped the trees in coats of white. Flashes of blue and green pine tree needles poked from beneath the snow. In the distance, snow-capped mountains dominated the distant horizon. A rabbit startled by May's steps on the snow broke out of the bushes and hopped along in front of them for several moments before veering back off into the underbrush. The sun never rose much above the horizon, which gave the sky a perpetual pink blush of dawn. The sun glittered on the undisturbed snow and lit the surrounding trail in an ever-changing patchwork. This is part of the Northern Lights Trail, May said to him during one of her running breaks. It's one of my favorites. I can see why, Raphael replied with a genuine smile. After several hours, Raphael twisted around in the pack so he could talk to May easier, as well as to help watch the trail ahead of them. They had a pleasant conversation, and May told him all about growing up in the backwoods of Alaska, and the fight she'd had when she'd announced her desire to be a runner like her father. What was the big deal? Raphael asked. It wasn't. She huffed and sped up. Feminine. They lamented that I'd ever find a mate and get puppies of my own. 
since I spent all my spare time running. Raphael grimaced. I'm sorry, he said, and meant it. I understand how hard it can be when it feels like everyone is arranged against you. Because of your size? There are other chihuahuas on the force, Raphael said. But yes, we have to do more to prove ourselves than the bigger dogs. When I was promoted to detective over a lot of larger dogs that had been there longer, a few of my co-workers, well, I think I already said enough about that. Raphael fell silent. The only sounds were May's harsh breathing and the crunch of her boots on the snow. Somewhere in the distance, a hawk cried. I feel like if I can save my informant and get this big bust, I'll prove them wrong, Raphael said finally. One of May's paws reached back over her shoulder. Raphael grasped it, sharing a moment of solidarity. Raphael leaned forward over May's shoulder and licked her cheek. He knew his blushing would have been visible through his short fur and was glad May couldn't see him. May, I, Raphael began as he slid back into place, but May cut him off. There, up ahead. Her paw pulled away, leaving him off balance. That's Ingram, I'm sure of it. Raphael leaned to the side to see around the back of May's head. Far in the distance stood a group of dogs. They were off the main trail, almost at the tree line. Raphael could just make out the marks they'd made where they'd cut off the trail. Three white and gray furred figures were chasing, herding, really, a fourth gold-furred dog into the woods. His coat, May said in response to his unasked question. Ingram has been doing the race for years and has corporate sponsors. I recognize the placement and colors of the patches. May sped up, her lope turning into a jog, and then a sprint. Raphael thought May had been pushing the pace before, and now he found out how wrong he'd been. Snow flew from her boots. Raphael jounced around so much he had to throw his arms around her neck, or risk flying from the pack. As they reached the point where the dog's tracks left the path, May slowed down. The other dogs had forded a path through the snow, and May took advantage of the work they'd done by placing her feet in their paw prints. One thing that struck Raphael and Alaska was how still and silent it was. Because of that, when there was a sound, it seemed to be louder than it should have been, and it carried. Between the crunches of May's boots on the snow came a dull thwack. It took Raphael a moment to register the sounds as fists connecting with flesh. Raphael drew in a hissing breath. Hurry, he whispered as they neared the trees. May ducked under a low-hanging branch, sending a small flurry of snow spraying down on Raphael's head. He brushed it off while May stopped and knelt down to pull off her backpack. The area underneath the trees was relatively clear of snow, and Raphael emerged from the pack into a soft bed of fallen pine needles. He was carrying May's flare gun gripped in both paws. May left her pack and jogged off into the trees. Raphael did his best to keep up with his short legs. He didn't dare lose May in this forest. The way the sound echoed was eerie, and he wasn't sure he'd be able to find May if he lost her, even if she was calling to him. Despite the fact that she was at least three times larger than him, May passed with barely a sound, like a ghost. Raphael felt like an elephant blundering along behind her. He must have stepped on every twig, branch, pine cone, and crunchy leaf between him and their goal. Thankfully, it seemed Ingram and his pack were too involved in what they were doing to Wangwei to notice. May stopped, held up a paw, and pointed. Raphael stepped up next to her and peered through the underbrush. Ingram and his pack had Wangwei surrounded and were pounding on him. Wangwei had curled up into a ball, his front paws over his face. Blood streaked his golden coat, and he whimpered in pain as the other dogs hit. As they watched, Ingram picked up a tire iron, which Raphael hadn't noticed previously, that was lying by his feet. Ingram lifted it above his head, ready to strike. Raphael took a big breath, lifted the flare gun, and then stepped forward shouting, Stop! Police! Ingram's head snapped up and everyone stopped moving. In the sudden silence, the pop and hiss of the flare gun going off was deafeningly loud. 
The flare shot up from Raphael's outstretched paws to burst above the trees in a flash of red. Ingram whirled to face Raphael, snarling. The tire iron still held above his head. Before Raphael could react, Ingram charged towards him. His two pack buddies turned to face him, leaving off their attack on Wenwei, but otherwise made no move to help. I said stop! Raphael dropped to the now empty gun and scrambled back. Ingram swung at him. Raphael darted to the side and dropped to all fours. The tire iron whistled overhead, missing Raphael's head by mere inches. He felt it brush the tip of his pointy ears, and realized that at some point he must have lost his hat. Again. May snarled and jumped over Raphael's head. She wrapped a paw around Ingram's arm, and with the other one, began trying to wrestle the tire iron out of his grip. May, what are you doing? Ingram growled at her. Stopping you from making a big mistake, Ingram, May growled back. Raphael was trapped underneath, darting this way and that between the bigger dogs while trying to avoid being stepped on. From his left came a yelp of pain and a deep growl. Raphael took a chance and glanced that direction to see that Wang Wei had risen and taken advantage of his tormentor's distraction, pouncing on them from behind. Despite the fact that he was injured and outnumbered, it looked like Wang Wei had Ingram's packmates taken care of. He was so engrossed in watching Wang Wei thrash the two huskies that he lost track of feet. A boot stomped down and caught the tip of his tail. Raphael yelped and reacted on instinct, twisting around and sinking his teeth into the owner's leg. Only after did he think to check who he'd bitten. He tried to glance up, but all he could see were parkas and pants. Instead, he inhaled deeply. The scent was similar to May's, but not her. He ground his mouth down harder, biting deeply into Ingram's leg. He tasted blood. Ingram lifted his leg, preparing to stomp. The move jerked Raphael's head and pulled him up. He clawed at Ingram's boot with his front paws, trying to pull his lower body up. Ingram stomped into the snow. The boot came down hard on Raphael's left leg and tail, and he had to grit his teeth to keep from crying out and releasing Ingram. His leg throbbed, and he couldn't tell if it was broken or not, but the pain was incredible. His vision wavered as Ingram lifted his foot again. Raphael's flailing front paws connected with Ingram's leg. He dug his claws in, clinging tight, opened his jaw, and pulled himself up Ingram's calf. He waited until Ingram stomped down again, catching nothing but snow and pine needles then bit down as hard as he could right at the back bend of Ingram's knee. The big dog howled, and Raphael's worldview turned into a falling jumble of fur, snow, and leaf litter. Next thing he knew, he was buried under a pile of fur and suffocating under Ingram's bulk. By the time he crawled free, May had Ingram on his stomach, her knee in his back, and one arm around his neck. Wang Wei had Ingram's two pals, one massive paw holding each of them face first against the ground. May yipped with excitement when she saw him. Are you all right? Raphael rolled over and gently prodded his leg, then winced in pain, almost certainly broken. I'm alive, he said, flopping over to his back and panting. We saved Wang Wei, that's what counts. Detective Ferreira, Wang Wei barked. Only Raphael's long acquaintance with Big Dog allowed him to hear the relief and thanks in Wang Wei's voice. To say I'm shocked to see you would be an understatement. Raphael turned his head and gave Wang Wei a tired smile. Ah, by the way, your life is in danger. In response, Wang Wei let out a rumbling basso laugh that shook the snow from the trees above them. May frowned at Wang Wei, then turned her gaze back to Raphael. Raffi, I thought you were better shot with a gun than that. What happened back there? Raphael wrinkled his nose. He hated being called by a nickname. But then again, he owed May a huge debt of gratitude. So instead, he just replied, I didn't miss. She shook her head and turned her attention back to Ingram, lying prone under her. And you, Ingram, what were you thinking? I was thinking I was broke and needed the money, Ingram growled back as he struggled against her. The roar of snowmobiles drowned out the rest of his reply, probably for the best. 
Raphael smiled wildly and shouted, Cavalry is here. After what felt like hours to Raphael on his throbbing leg, but was probably more like 15 minutes, Kiska, riding double with the medical St. Bernard from Squentna Station, roared up along with a string of local police dogs. It took Raphael quite a while to explain what had happened and why he was here. But eventually, after repeatedly showing them his badge, and after they'd made a call to his supervisor in Arizona, that made Raphael wince, but there was no help for it. The local police agreed to arrest Ingram and his pack members on charges of attempted murder. Raphael's story was confirmed again when they searched the dogs and found an unregistered twenty-two in Ingram's pocket, along with Wangley's picture, on the back of which was written, Introduce him to the man in black, in big block letters. The medic splinted Raphael's leg and loaded him onto a stretcher attached to the back of one of the snowmobiles, layering him in blankets. May came up as they were strapping him down. She leaned over him and gave him a long hug, then pulled away and planted a kiss on him, muzzle to muzzle. It was hard to wag his tail, buried as it was, but Raphael tried. May was brave, determined, and beautiful. This morning, he'd have said he'd never have a shot with a girl like her. Yet, here she was. Raphael returned the kiss with gusto. May was a fantastic kisser, sensuous, slow, and teasing. When she pulled away, she did so slowly, giving the tip of his nose a lick as she did. She stood and stepped away as the snowmobile roared to life. Raphael twisted to watch her face as they pulled away. May, he yelled over the rumble of the engine. She waved and blew him a kiss. Raphael was kept in the hospital overnight for observation. They said, along with his broken leg, that he was suffering from mild hypothermia and dehydration. His broken leg lay on the bed, entombed in a thick cast. They'd wrapped him in warm blankets and made him drink what felt like gallons of hot tea. Over the nurses' protestations that he needed sleep, Raphael made them turn on the television to show news of the race. A lot of the coverage was about the surprise arrest of race darling Ingram Yap, charged with the attempted murder of another racer. They praised the quick thinking of an out-of-town detective with saving the victim's life, but gave no mention of May's assistance. Raphael flipped the television off in irritation. Early the next morning, the call he'd been expecting came. Raphael gulped, steeled himself, and took the portable handset from the nurse. Good morning, Captain, Raphael said with false cheer. He was helped along by the drugs for the pain, which buoyed him along in a cloud of a hazy euphoria. Lieutenant Ferreira, good work up there, the captain replied. Raphael pulled the phone away from his ear and stared at it for a long moment before putting it back. Excuse me? He'd been sure he'd lost his job. After all, he'd gone off to Alaska, out of his jurisdiction without permission or backup, and he'd dragged civilians into the mess to boot. Captain, I'm just a detective, not a... The captain cut him off with a woof. As of now you are, you just made lieutenant and earned yourself a nice bonus to go with it. Thanks to you, Wang Wei has agreed to turn state's witness. Last night we arrested dogs we've been after for years, but never able to get charges to stick. Well, they won't be able to weasel out of this one. Wang Wei, is he all right? I lost track of him when the medics took me away. He's fine, a little bruised up, but fine. He's in protective custody now, guarded round the clock by a team of our finest. Thank the Lord. Raphael blew out of breath in relief. Indeed. There was a muffled sound, then the captain returned to the line. They tell me you'll be out of the hospital by this afternoon. I'll arrange your return flights and have someone pick you up at the airport in Phoenix. Raphael licked his chops. Last night he'd been making plans for what to do when he was fired. Now he was looking at a promotion and a raise, along with a big bonus and status as hero of the department. He thought of May and their journey of the last two days. Sir, that's not necessary. He took a deep breath, realizing his paws were shaking. He tightened his grip on the phone. I quit. 
Dead silence came through the other end of the line. I quit, Raphael repeated with finality. A weight lifted from his shoulders, a burden he hadn't realized he'd been carrying until it was gone. I'm staying in Alaska. He hung up the phone before his boss could say anything else. Raphael spent the rest of the morning on the phone, ordering plane tickets, hotel rooms, and finally calling movers to pack his apartment up in Phoenix. When the doctors gave him the all-clear that afternoon, he hopped into a cab to his first destination, awkwardly navigating the snow with his crutches. By the end of the week, he was getting around on the crutches like a pro, and easily descended the stairs off the plane in Nome with little problem. Despite the snow and blowing wind, he was pleasantly warm in his new, weather-appropriate outdoor gear. He'd spent the week eagerly following the runner's progress in the news. Easy to do, as he'd discovered that the race seemed to be playing on every television in the state of Alaska. He wasn't sure exactly when May was set to finish, but the predictions had her coming in later that day. Raphael hobbled over to join the crowd around the burled arch, a great wooden thing that marked the official end of the race. The snow around the wooden arch was packed down from so many boots on it. The winner, along with five others, had come in yesterday, and from what he'd seen on the news, hundreds of dogs had come out to cheer. The crowd today was much smaller, about two dozen dogs all told, bundled up against the cold. Some held banners for various racers. Raphael left his rolled up in his backpack for now. Once he got it out, he'd be unable to use his crutches. A cry went up from those closer to the arch. Raphael leaned forward and squinted. A figure appeared in the distance, a speck against the snow. Raphael would recognize that form anywhere. He planted his crutches and pulled his banner out of the side pocket of his bag. It seemed to take ages. The running dot grew steadily larger, eventually resolving into May's lithe form. Her tongue hung out as she panted, her breath steaming in the cold air. She looked thinner than she had when last Raphael saw her, her eyes sunken in fatigue, but a large grin split her muzzle and her eyes sparkled with joy. Raphael unfurled the vinyl banner. He lifted it by the sticks at either end and spread it out high above his head. Of course, high above Raphael's head meant chest height to the rest of the crowd, but he was confident May would see it. May the champion was printed on it in bright red text. May sprinted the last hundred yards to the arch and the crowd roared as she passed underneath. Raphael barked May's name along with them, so excited he wanted to jump up and down. Instead, he settled for waving the banner about above his head and wagging his tail at supersonic speed. Raphael, May whooped. She ran right past the race officials who had come up to greet her and scooped Raphael up into a tight hug. His crutches and his banner went clattering down into the snow, but he didn't care. He hugged May back fiercely. The crowd tittered. Raphael ignored them. After a moment, May set him down. Raphael balanced precariously on one leg, doing his best not to put a weight on his cast, while May retrieved his crutches with a sheepish, open-mouthed grin. Once he was steady again, he slung off his backpack and rooted around inside until he found the gift he'd gotten for her. May crouched down next to him, her head tilted curiously. For you, he pulled out the statue and presented it with a little flourish. May laughed and covered her muzzle with her paws, eyes shining with mirth as she looked down at the little ceramic cactus decorated with sparkly snow. She plucked it from him and pecked him on the cheek. It's perfect. Congratulations on the big finish. Seventh place. Raphael grinned and tried to hide his blush, but he knew his ears betrayed him. Thank you. I'm surprised to see you here. I thought you'd rush back to warm Arizona as soon as you got the chance. May's tail wagged. Her scent filled his nose. She smelled of pine trees, ice, and dirt. He'd never smelled anything more beautiful. Snow swirled around them, the chill breeze ruffling Raphael's ears. His breath came out in little puffs, and he blinked icicles from his lashes. Raphael reached over and placed a paw on hers, next to the cactus statue. Why would I want to leave paradise? This was the second and final part of Northern Delights by Ian Madison Keller, 
read for you by the author himself. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.